This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed oh, okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> Hey, Conan O'Brien here, and um, got a little bit of a surprise for you today. Uh, there are two of my longtime writers, are uh, Mike Sweeney and Jesse Gaskell, and they have a podcast they've been doing for a while that's really beautifully done called Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, and they talk to um, all kinds of people behind the scenes that have played a role uh, on... Uh, on my show going way back to 1993. And recently they invited my longtime producer who's been with me since the beginning, Jeff Ross and myself on the podcast. And they got us to tell the story of how I pretty much went from being an unknown writer at the Simpsons to hosting this uh, late night talk show. And uh, it was a fascinating session and I, thought I didn't expect this whole tale to unravel this way, but it did. So I thought you might like it. And so it's going to play for you right now, if you'd like to hear it. If not, you know, delete. Is that even possible, Gorley? Yeah, it is. Okay, great. Don't delete Tr it. Trust me, I've deleted you many times. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I was very happy with this and proud of the way it came out. And so uh, we thought that would make it available to you right now. Hope you like it. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. I'm Conan O'Brien, and I'm here with Jeff Ross, longtime executive producer. Came in, what, 2007, I think he came mm -hmm. in. No, that's a, that's a joke. He, uh, he started on the show before you did. Jeff was there before I was there. Yeah. And we have agreed to be on 
inside Conan. Thank and this you. has been a year-long negotiation. It's been <laughs> a lot of back and forth with the lawyers. Yeah. We got the green M&Ms that you asked for. I wanted to make sure that you had spoken to every prop master <laughs> right. who ever worked on the show. <laughs> Before you got to me. Yeah, every custodian. <laughs> well, we've and, talked to both of you. Oh, that's true. Separately, but right. never together. Mm-hmm. And now we're here to compare your stories. Terrific. I don't think you've ever been in the same room for an interview before. That's a terrific idea. Jeff. I think we have. I think Jeff we... is not. He's. I think it's a Friday, and you're like, no, no, you'd no. rather you want to start your weekend. This is just another sandbagging by Mike Sweeney. Uh, I have <laughs> zero. I wish I had an agenda. I wish I had that First much all, brain power. Jeff, you just got back from Cabo. You've been That's away for fair. a week. What? And yes. And he's he's acting like get me. I've got to exactly. get back. Exactly. He's already like, what am I doing here? I got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, he has his own tequila now. It's a subsidiary <laughs> of Cabo Wabo. It's called Jeffy Weffy's Cabo Wabo. It's actually called Conzy Wonzy. Conzy Wonzy. Conzy Wonzy. We're not promoting that on this podcast. Well, no. you just did. It's a good and idea. that's not coming out. Uh, that's how we pay the bills. <laughs> Only CBC products. But uh, yeah, so uh, we're here and we're open to this examination. <laughs> this. This is the Warren Commission on Conan O'Brien's career. I'm getting the impression you two never talked to each other. How could one bullet do that much damage? We just passed the statute of limitations, so now you can't be prosecuted for Great. anything we'll in those talk early to years. Yeah. Well, maybe we can start at the very beginning. Uh, what were your first impressions of each other? Well, we should tell the story that... How you met. How yeah. You met. Yeah. Because, and then I'll set it up, and then, Jeff, you can take it away. Yeah. Basically, to take people way back when, in the Wayback Machine... David Letterman announces he's, because he didn't get The Tonight Show, he's pissed. And um, he's angry. He feels like that he was in line for that. Jay got it. Forget his last name. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so Letterman's upset. And then he does the thing that NBC doesn't see coming. He says, I'm out of here. Yeah. And they never thought he would do that, I think. And so suddenly uh, there's an opening. They need a host for 1230 and... At the time, people don't understand now. Now, I mean, you, there's no such thing as a time slot anymore, right. really. But there's just an infinite number of jobs now and shows. Back then, when a, when there was a space available, it was like a once-in-a-decade event, especially yeah. in late night. It was a big deal. It was a huge deal. Yes. And everyone was like, who's going to replace Dave? And what they the affiliates were getting nervous. So NBC had an idea, which is to stall and to keep the affiliates calm, we'll just tell them Lorne Michaels is going to figure it out. Mm. The you know producer starting out live, and he always makes the right choice, so Lorne will do it. And so Lorne agreed to that, I think, you know, and with the understanding that he would produce it. And that bought NBC some time with the affiliates. They're like, whoa, oh, good, good. Well, and Lorne is right, figuring it right. out. It's being handled. It's being handled. And so then... And that's great shorthand. Oh, it was a very good idea. Yeah. On um, And NBC has only had good ideas. Then, <laughs> this was an incredible team, a brain trust. And then they... Um, so Lauren's handling it. And then Lauren's first move before he picks anybody mm. is he knows a young lad named Jeff Ross. Mm. And he dials the phone. Jeff... Fresh back from Cabo, even back then. Trashed on tequila. getting abused. No, 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 not at all. And by the way, this is a six-hour episode. It's more like Um, a rectal exam. Yeah, so... um, (laughs) It won't be that pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Those you get medication from. In Mexico. I love a rectal exam if I get the wrong propofol. Uh, So, (laughs) phone rings, and Jeff, you take it from there. Uh, I'm leaving. Lauren... (laughs) I get the... Lauren says to me... I guess it was in the news. We all knew he was going to produce the show and pick the host. And he says to me, would, would you produce it? And I and said, how well, did you know? How did you know, Lauren? 
Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, that's true. That's it's a good thing mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah. That's called a follow-up question. I, yes. had, I had spent a year in Canada producing The Kids in the Hall, and then I was doing some other shows for Lauren and a lot of HBO specials, and I was around, and Lauren knew me, and I guess he just <laughs> he had hired somebody to do something on this thing, so he, he called me, and he was like, uh, so, you know, I'm doing this thing. I got to, I got to find the, I got to produce the show to replace Letterman. I go, I heard. And he says, you want to produce it? And it, it, it's, it's sort of to what Connor was saying. It's such a surreal thing, for, you know, let alone, you know, uh, obviously you you want to be the host. Somebody says, you want to produce the show that, that's going to replace Letterman, which was the biggest thing at the right. time. Mm-hmm. And there's no idea who the host is. So I wound up in this sort of like crazy whirlwind of nutty ideas and going to auditions. I think at the same time he was talking to you. He talked to you first because I knew I had heard your name. We, we hadn't met yet. We hadn't met. We hadn't met. And Lorne, I had left SNL two years earlier, maybe two and a half years earlier, and gone to The Simpsons. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I was in Los Angeles, and I had moved on. Lorne, very sweetly, had really wanted me to stay at SNL, and he was saying, you can work from home. It was really oh, nice. Wow, wow. Yeah, he was ahead of his what? time. He really was. He said, there, he said there's going to be a you terrible virus. Come in, right. <laughs> he knew. There's a, there's a virus in Wuhan. There's, we're, you'll we're see. You know. You know. You know. Um, and I said, no, I really have to go. I was going through a lot at the time. It'll be in my memoir. Uh, I was going through a lot of stuff uh, in my personal life. And I was, I think, very unhappy. And I just decided I've got to leave uh, the East Coast. And so I, I, I got this great chance to work on The Simpsons. So I'm there. And I really feel like I've put New York in my rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. And I've put, uh, even though I had an amazing experience at SNL, I thought that's all behind me now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's now two years later. And the phone rings and it's Lorne. And um, he said that he's setting up the new late night show to replace Letterman. And I'll remember very clearly me saying, well, good luck because there's no replacing Letterman. <laughs> and I was quite I sorry for whoever gets. No, no, I, I really just did. show a test pattern. <laughs> and I an think hour. Jeff probably felt the same way. We both yeah. felt like, I mean, he had been, you know, Dave had, you know, recreated the talk show and and created this whole new sensibility. And it felt like you know, um, he had discovered this whole new continent. Mm-hmm. How do you follow that? And he had carved out 1235 as this. Yes. I, I actually thought it wasn't really going to happen. You thought what? I just thought it wasn't going to happen. Oh, what really? do you mean? In other words, either Lauren wasn't going to produce it or, you know, some something was going to happen and I wasn't going to produce it. Right. So it just seemed not real were you, at the time. Did you hesitate to say yes to producing this show? No, I said yes. You just jumped right in. Yes. Okay. You and said, you yes, said there were I, a lot of crazy but, ideas. But, I, had, but I, I, I didn't believe it. Oh, yeah, okay. And I and, and so Lorne at first is talking to me about being the kind of head writer, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So mm-hmm. so Jeff will be the producer who right. makes it all happen. Right. And then I'll be the, the head writer sort of producer. And I remember initially being like, well, I'll talk to you about it. I had a, first of all, I had a, a contract at The Simpsons. Right. That technically wasn't breakable. Which sounds crazy, but Fox is yeah. hard. They don't. I'm not like, kidding. They yeah, they and that. so uh, that's I think later I had, on in the story. Yeah, <laughs> I had signed like a a four year <laughs> oh, deal yeah. uh-huh. to be at the Simpsons, and I think I was doing a good job, and they liked having me there. Uh-huh. So um, this is not a place. Uh, not the Simpsons, me specific here. Fox is not a place where you can just say, you know right. what, right? I'm out of here. Yeah. And so um, there was that. And I also kept saying, I don't think anyone can replace Letterman. I, I mean, I was saying that uh, and thinking that and actually still believe it. So, 
<laughs> I see not, no evidence. No, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I still think that's the case. Case closed. But uh, so Jeff and I are. Um, I think we maybe we 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 didn't talk yet, but then at some point I we hadn't met yet. Right. Jeff's just a name, and then I bow out. I say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I remember having an anxiety attack, a really strong anxiety attack, right. and thinking I just can't do this. And I called Lauren. Actually, went and met Lauren, who had an office at the time at the Paramount lot. And I just said I can't do it, and he was I think a little rattled because he. I think was telling people I've got this lined up. I've oh, got Jeff. Yeah. I've got Conan. I think he's trying to put and, pieces together. He's trying to put the pieces together. This is an anxiety attack just on being the head writer of the show. Yes. Yeah. And you don't. And, and you don't know who the host. is. And I don't right. know who the host is. Right. And so I bow out. And so I'm out of the process. And I remember feeling a huge sense of relief. Huge relief. Yeah. Then a couple of weeks go by, and Lauren I think had a showcase, and I think Jeff went to the showcase. Well, and I, I was on the East Coast doing another show. And I had to go come to LA to do a different show. And Lauren calls me to his office, the same office at Paramount. He says, well, can you go to this showcase tonight at the improv? Uh-huh. And we've talked about this before. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. it was like uh, five comics, all, all male, I believe. Right. And they all knew that they were auditioning for Lauren. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lauren like was there. And so, was, and so were the guys who read the network. Don Allmeyer mm-hmm. was there. Uh-huh. Uh, Lauren Littlefield was there. John Agolia was there. He was like the business affairs guy. And afterwards, oh, what boy. was it? What was the restaurant? Those guys are always good laughers. Remember the mustache? <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember the mustache <laughs> cafe? Affairs. Biz affairs. The mustache cafe. Like, it was across yes. from, from the- from I remember the, the mustache cafe. So afterwards, the, they're all going, and yeah. Lauren goes, come, come with us. And I'm thinking, this is, it's crazy. Yeah. And we go over there and I'm sitting there and he goes- well, and everybody's arguing about who they thought was good and who was right. not good. And, right. and Omar goes, everybody meet in my office tomorrow. And Lauren turns to me and goes, can you come to this meeting at Omar's office? And I go, sure. And so I go to this office and this is when the connection started. With Conan. Omar's kind of beating up on everybody. Because uh-huh. that's kind of the way he was, you know. Yeah, he was, uh, Don Omar, uh, you, you all know him, but he, you know him because he was running NBC when uh, the OJ trial was happening. And Don was very good friends uh, with with OJ and um, would get very upset when Norm MacDonald would do jokes that basically said, uh, for reasons I don't, because I don't see the evidence, guilty. but uh, but, <laughs> but basically single. basically say that, um, I mean, on the day of the verdict, uh, Norm MacDonald said, well, it's official. Murder is now legal in the state of California. So, so um, uh, uh, that really didn't endear him to, this is just to tell you who Don Olmeyer was, but yeah. Don Olmeyer was kind of like, imagine Babe Ruth at around <laughs> 45 years old, like a big, over yeah. the top. And I have a lot of affection for Don. I want to make that clear. I really do. And I, I think he had a lot of really good qualities and he was very loyal to me in the long run. So there's a lot of things about Don that I have very good feelings about, but he was, he could He's sometimes, he could be very intimidating yes. and be kind of, he had a sports mentality because and, and, he had come and, and, from the world of sports. So it was a lot of like right. kicking guys in the ass and get out there. Come and, on, you got to figure it out. Get you your know? head in the game, yeah. you fuckers. And it was that kind of so attitude. He was sort of putting everybody on the spot to come up with, with, um, and Ludwin was there and mm-hmm. Rick, Rick Ludwin. Ludwin. Yeah. And so finally, Lauren says, well, I think Conan could do it. <gasps> And he turns to me and says, don't you think? Oh, wow. And, and that had, was the first time he'd brought it up. He had not met. <laughs> and I, he had never met me. And, and yeah. so I smartly go, yeah, I think so. That's how you survive in show exactly. business. Great and, improv and, skills. And, 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 and I'll, I'll never forget this. And, and, then, and then Omar goes, well, can we test him? 
And then Lauren turns to me and goes, can we test them? And I go, sure. (laughs) So what happens is I'm working at The Simpsons like a a normal everyday Joe. And I come home with my lunch pail and my hard hat and I put it down and I see that there's a machine. (laughs) The the machine is back when you had a machine with a blinking light. Let's explain what an answering machine is. And um, so so I play it and it's it's, uh, not... Lauren doesn't leave messages to this day, but it's one of his 35 people mm-hmm. saying, um, Conan, could you give Lauren a call? So I call him and he said, look, I know you don't want to do it, but would you uh, be the head writer? But would you be interested in going to an audition? Now, I had a panic attack at that. Just right. the idea that I would audition because I was a writer. Now, things have changed a lot since then. This is before, I mean, now Seth Meyers, John Mulaney, there's just this long tradition. Uh, Tina Fey, mm-hmm. people are writers and then um, they get elevated and they figure it out. This hadn't really happened before. Right. And re- there really was, uh, it, behind the scenes, I had been kind of a performing writer for a bunch of years, right. doing improv, doing groundlings, right. groundlings yeah. and, and improvisation, and and constantly, uh, it's where I met Lisa Kudrow, doing, we st- I started doing improv in 85, and I was, so I was very interested in that, but I was not a stand-up comic, right. which is really was considered, you have to be, a, it, it's like to drive a car, you need a license. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you're not a stand-up comic? Right. So um, That was the mindset back then. Yeah, and I remember at SNL, I was Jim Downey was always putting me in things because mm-hmm. I was the guy who was in the room right. entertaining the room. I, the you the think room of the, writers. Yeah, in, in in a room full of writers, my and to this day, my favorite place to be is in a room full of writers. Yeah, trying to make everybody laugh and doing a dance for them, uh, or spinning out some wild thread. And so I think Lauren had seen me doing that. Right. He had seen me cracking up Jim Downey, and he had seen me you know, play little utility roles and sketches here and there. Right. And so the notion was maybe. So he talks to me. I'm very nervous. I call Robert Smigel. Imagine. Yeah. Robert Smigel's initial response was, you know, I wouldn't do it if I were you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, listen, <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm going to That was for your own sake, I'm assuming. No, yes. no but yeah. listen, he, to be honest, he was echoing everything in my head. Yeah, yeah. Which it's is, what everyone would say. Yeah, which he is said, just... I wouldn't do it if I were you. And I said, and, and what's the reason? And he said, because that is a hard way to get into show business. Like, you're a complete unknown. The knives will be out. He said all the things that ended up, uh, to a large degree, playing out. And he was telling me all that and I was nodding. I remember uh, this was a apartment on Cochran. No, I'm sorry. No, Hold it. no I'm sorry. No, oh. not Cochran. That was my earlier Johnny apartment. Cochran. I moved around more than like Ted Bundy. Uh, um, <laughs> Bundy Drive. Yeah. Bundy once said to me before he was executed, you moved around a lot. And I'm like, you know what? That's my business. But um, I was on Weatherly, which is okay. kind of near the Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah, you could walk. So um, I remember being in this, I had this little like... I was a guy that didn't know how to furnish an apartment. Mm. I I just wrote and ate out at Chinese food places at night and worked on my Simpson scripts, you know, completely undeveloped uh, male human. And I was in this little breakfast nook and ro- I remember very clearly the table I was sitting at talking on this shitty little phone and, and Robert saying, I, I don't think I would do it. And I was like kind of agreeing. And in the background, I heard Michelle, his wife <laughs> say, uh, who's fantastic. And Michelle, I just heard her in the background go, well, yeah, no, and I couldn't quite hear her. And I said, what did she say? And I heard Robert talk to her. And then he came back to the phone. He went, well, Michelle says, what do you have to lose? <laughs> and then I heard wow. in the background, Michelle was like, he should do it. What does he have to lose? He's funny. And I had this little like tremor of, 
maybe. Yeah. What do I have to lose? And then Robert went, well, that's a really good point. So (laughs) I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen if Mm -hmm. I audition? I'm not going to get it, but I'm interested in this getting out in front of people. So that's when the next thing I know, I'm told by Lauren, okay, we're going to test you. You're to go meet Jeff Ross at the Four Seasons Hotel, which uh, in in Beverly Hills, which was like a five minute walk from my apartment. Mm -hmm. So I walk over. I get to the lobby first because Jeff's up upstairs, beauty regimen, putting the cucumbers <laughs> on his eyes. True. He needed a spa hotel. Yeah. And, Guilty um, as charged. And I'm downstairs and there's a lobby. They've changed the lobby of the Four Seasons now, but there used to be this um, kind of business desk that was made of lucite. Right. It was like a clear plastic desk. <laughs> and I was sitting at that clear plastic desk uh-huh. just waiting. And then Jeff comes off the elevator. We've never met. And he walks around the corner and he goes, and I go, uh, Jeff goes, Conan. And I go, Jeff. And I go, yeah. And then I gesture to the desk and go, what do you think? Uh, like, true. I, could true. I thought you went like this. Yeah. I, I kind of hit, I kind of hit the desk and went, what do you think? And Jeff was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. So then we talked <laughs> we about it. how crazy it was, honestly. So yeah. The chemistry was off the charts. Yeah. Right away. Right away. You know what I love? My first interaction with Jeff was disinterest <laughs> right, right. and no faith in me and nothing's changed. He would have been yeah. looking at his cell phone if he'd had one. There was no cell phone. No, Jeff yeah. used to carry a rotary suck, phone. Sucky, sucky right. Jeff had a rotary phone. Long cord. And he was, it was always getting tangled to things. I was like, hold on, I gotta check my messages. <laughs> Can you so, unroll me? So, it's, just, uh, it's just an example of how surreal the whole thing was. It was right. it, it, you couldn't be- really believe in your heart it was gonna happen. Like yeah. you were probably both laughing at the, Yes. Oh, it was completely out of this. And I have to it's say, such a crazy I was name. laughing at that point because I, I, I took what Michelle, uh, Robert's wife said to his heart, which is, oh, what the fuck? Just try this. It's not going to yeah. happen anyway. Right. So and it's a good experience. Not this doing it. this yeah. story, I mean, we could do nine hours on this story mm-hmm. and I'm trying to move it along. Yeah. But long story short, Jeff starts to, with NBC's help, starts to put together kind of like an audition mm-hmm. And the only space they have to use is The Tonight Show. Um, mm. It's always been good luck for me. <laughs> so uh, the idea is when Jay's done with his show, he's gonna leave and mm. the crowd's gonna leave. They're gonna bring in another audience and I will come out and do a monologue mm. and then interview two ce- celebrities and I won't know who they are till I get to Burbank. Wow. So Jeff was putting it together and trying to find the celebrities and I had nothing to wear. So at the time I call my best friend, Lisa Kudrow, and I say, Lisa, you've got to help me. And she says, don't worry, I can help you. So she took me to- Ooh, makeover montage. Well, it's hilarious. This is the worst makeover <laughs> montage, but I had no one- You went to Sears. Two thirds of the yeah. way through the movie. That's yeah. when they We happened. went to Best Buy. We went to Fred Siegel. Oh. Down near Santa Monica. And so I have a, uh, this is in, I have a 1992 Ford Taurus with a stick shift. Yes. Very proud of that we still have, by the way, still, Jeff. It's, you know what? I can't believe I know. it is. <laughs> it's still on our budget. Oh my like, god! Of the things oh we store. What did you pay for? I don't want it. Uh, that's. Uh, it's. No, but I mean, it's paid off by now, isn't it? No, no, no. <laughs> the car. You got to store it somewhere. Yeah. Oh, storing it. Yeah, we bought a 50-year... I got on the 50-year plan. It's not a house, Jesse. $12 you don't month. get a mortgage. <laughs> 
It could be. You could make it an Airbnb. Uh, so, you could be um, earning money with that car. So I pick up Lisa. We drive over to, to Fred Siegel and yeah. we go to, we're walking around now. I now know things just from being in show business. Uh, I kind of know like, I should probably, they should put some makeup on me. Yeah. But I also know kind of, when you're my coloring, what are good colors to wear? Mm-hmm. Like blues are really good. Yeah. They make the old blue eyes pop. Mm-hmm. And they also, um, what colors really help if you are very, very pale redhead? The one thing I've learned that you're not supposed to do is wear very, very pale, like white. Uh-huh. I should not wear that. So Lisa and I together, we committed this crime together, <laughs> <laughs> like Leopold and Lowe. Uh, individually, we would not have killed, but together we did. <laughs> we pick out a white linen jacket, oh, uh. a white linen jacket and um, like a white shirt, I think. And I throw it in the back of my Ford Taurus, which by the way, I later found out has radiator fluid in the back, oh, green radiator fluid, oh, which got what? on some part of the jacket, but I that I hid. But um, I then, love that that Ford Taurus was the car you drove to yeah. to do this. So then Jeff sets this it's thing crazy. up, and we're kind of talking back and forth. Yeah. Then I drive. It's set up for this time. I drive to Burbank, and when I get there, you guys had worked it out. You had found Mimi Rogers, Jason Alexander, and Jason Alexander. Right. As, as guests. As yeah. guests. Yeah. And Jason Alexander, of course, uh, doing- um, Seinfeld at the time. Seinfeld. Yeah. And uh, Mimi Rogers was mo- doing movies right. and she had been a model, mm-hmm. modeled and, you know, and so- Married Tom Cruise. They, yeah. They, uh, brief marriage to Tom Cruise, I brief. believe. Yeah. Worth um, mentioning. Yeah. And then my first time getting interview notes. So I got research. You, Jeff, had arranged, had asked NBC right. and they said, yeah, we, have, we can use the Tonight Show research. So I was given uh. research- that they had on file for the last time Jason Alexander had been on The Tonight Show and the last time Mimi uh, Rogers had been on The Tonight Show. So I go in this office and I'm just looking and I'm scribbling out my monologue, which I had been thinking about. How you far had to write adva- that? Yeah, I had no writers. Oh, oh my God. God. How far in advance of the taping was this? Hold on. What? what is that? <laughs> oh that? my gosh. A, the Vikings that? are landing. He didn't mute his phone. Oh, oh my God. So it was like a horn. It was like yeah, a yeah. Norse. It was a, it was a Norse horn. Yeah. It is. By the way, I want to use that. In, get that ringtone. I'm I, in the North Bend. If you see the movie, I interrupt a tribal ritual with my phone. <laughs> so please check out the North Please Bend. keep that in. So how, I, like, how, I like, these are the best moments. Yes. Mike oh. Sweeney's phone just went off and Believe his ringtone me. is a Norse, Norse He's horn. He's been doing this for 25 how years. How far, how much time there wasn't before that the much, taping There wasn't was that much time. Well, oh, this is maybe... The Tonight Show was still going on when I got there. They were still taping it, which might be, maybe they taped it, I don't know, five to six or something. Right, right. And so this would have been after that. I think our taping was going to start at seven, something like that. I'm going over the notes. I had come up with an idea for a monologue. It wasn't topical, uh, which would (laughs) sort of foretell the kind of comedy I liked. But it was all about (laughs) the absurdity of me. Um, And I remember the monologue was kind of, uh, I think you actually can see it now, but I think I was very taken with, I need to get this job quickly because um, the Irish don't age well. Oh. And it's, it's a theme I've been working a lot. Oh, I was like, gonna say, holy cow. And, yeah. I was like, yeah. and I was like, my face is acceptable for television now, but as Ted Kennedy is proof that my <laughs> face is going to expand. And I, so I had this whole, and, and then uh, what I remember most is, then it's time to do it. It's really surreal. Jeff's over at the, you know, at the mm-hmm. podium and we go, there's no band or anything. And I come out, and I was immediately surprisingly comfortable. I was just very, I like, I had always liked being on stage. Yeah. And this felt 
I was very comfortable uh, doing the monologue and then I slid over and the minute I got behind the desk, I was just kind of happy. Mm-hmm. And wow. so Mimi Rogers came out first and then Jason Alexander was second. I don't know if you remember this, well, but in between yeah. the two, it was like yes. a commercial break, like a fake commercial what break. What happened? In a script packet, I guess it was the research or something. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. I wrote on the, and I just scribbled on the back, you're killing. Yeah. And I That's slid great. it in front of him. And what he did was he... And he looked... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's called producing tie people. Or something, or, yeah, or, yeah. Or, you know, I don't Do you know, still have that? That's long. No, no we shredded right. everything immediately. Right, right, right. right. Jeff wanted. We were like the Germans. Shred- we were like the Germans as the Russians right, came. Right, we were just right. shredding and burning everything. Um, but yes, I remember that very clearly. And what I remember is the monologue went well, and I, uh-huh. I just felt comfortable doing it. And it was very me. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't trying to like tell jokes about Clinton or tell. I was just, and you're doing great icebreaking for that audience to like, yeah, you to knew that they you. didn't know who you well, were. Well, also to let them overcome the shock of this is a very <laughs> right. pale man wearing right. a white right. linen jacket <laughs> with uh, radiator stains on the back. <laughs> but then I cross over and I talk to Mimi Rogers. That and, went well. And what I remember was there was a moment which, if you look at late night moments since mm-hmm. or whatever, you'd think, well, this isn't that. It was fine, right? But what happened was you got to see kind of. For a second, I think a Conan-y, I was my very myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So Mimi Rogers is talking and I'm interviewing her. My posture's terrible, my hair's all droopy, I'm wearing this awful jacket and I'm listening to her and then she said, yeah, you know, people, I model. And she said, and a lot of people say, modeling's easy, but it's a tough job. And I was being polite and agreeing, yeah. going, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see, I can see. And then I just stopped myself and I go, Wait a minute. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> a tough job is like turning a big crank. Right. right. And I mind yeah, turning yeah. a big crank. That's a tough job, yeah. turning a big crank. And people laughed right. and it was very spontaneous. And the Jason Alexander went well. But that was a moment of me just interrupting and then almost acting out a cartoon yeah. image. Comedy, yeah. And um, inserting my personality into the situation. Right. And then it ended. And I went with, I think Lisa and I went to... Man, I wish I could. Um, back to Fred Siegel. Yeah, we back to Fred Siegel to <laughs> sue them. The to sue them. Right. Yeah, we put the jacket back on the shelf. And there. I said, "Yeah, I, I can't." Mm, it came like that. I you can't know, wear this. There were cell phones then, because I remember driving away. You they, would were know, they were huge. A car yeah. phone. Yeah. And I was in the car, and Lauren calls me and says, "That went well." And I went, oh. "Yeah," because he was watching in New York, mm-hmm. and he goes, "But it's going to be Shandling." Yeah. Oh. Right. So Whoa. right away now, this is- Which a, I kind of oh, knew. No. Yeah. So That they were talking. So I had done this thing and this thing, I have to say the audition made me really want to do it because yeah. I thought yeah. I was like a duck that had never been put in water. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I was like, oh, that felt- Right. That, I'm, yeah. And I'm not used to feeling good about anything. And it'll only go well. Yeah, exactly. It'll only go that right. well. Um, but you had a total flip where you're like, now I want well, this. Well, mm. I was excited, but I, I couldn't even let myself think that right. yet. So I was excited- right. But I couldn't get myself to that point yet. But I remember we went out to Kate Mantellini. Remember Kate Mantellini, mm-hmm. that restaurant that's on Wilshire? I went there with Lisa and everyone was really excited. And then uh, I was 29 at the time. And my 30th birthday oh, wow. was about a week and a half away. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. So then when my 30th, I would go back to The Simpsons and it was just, well, get back to work. Yeah. And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then I had a conversation uh, a couple of days later. Lauren called me. And I was in my car, so you're right, there were giant car phones, but you know, yeah. I was in my car and Lauren called me. He loves to break bad news on over a phone in a car. <laughs> and he told me, you were great. Yeah. And he said, I'll never forget, he said, Bob Wright loved your interview and he loved the whole crank thing. When you did the crank thing, he <laughs> loved that. 
And I remember thinking, who the fuck is Bob Wright? I don't know who yeah. Bob Wright is. I didn't know who Bob Wright was. And I said, well, and he said, Bob Wright loves it and Suzanne really loves it. And I said, well, who are who they? Are and, he, and, and Lauren was like, what are you talking about? He's the president of- He ran the network. He ran the network of NBC. And he and his wife, they, they expressed them this videotape out in Connecticut and they watched wow. it and they're like, we like this weird Irish kid with the funny name. Yeah. And um, that crank thing, man, that really cracked us up. <laughs> I'm like, still wow. Yeah, and so, <laughs> but then he called me later on and said, you know, the same thing that he had told Jeff. He said, look, mm -hmm. it's not gonna be you. You're not gonna get 1230, but you did yourself a lot of good and they're probably gonna yeah. give you like 130. And I remember thinking, well, that would be oh. great because there's no, no pressure. pressure. Right. If, no I pressure. Got, if I get 130, there's no pressure. And wait a minute, that's that's cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'll never then forget. Then you started wanting that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still want 130. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that now. No uh, one will give it to you. But I hung up the phone and I was with Lisa. And Lisa's like, well, that's, you know, so you're not going to get 1230. And I said, uh, I don't know if, I don't think the shilling's going to happen. And she said, well, Lauren just told you it's going to happen. And I said, I don't know why. But yeah. I just said, it doesn't make sense to me. Gary mm. is a peer of Dave's. Mm. And he's killing it with his own show, Larry right. Sanders. Yeah. And he's getting all of this critical acclaim and awards right. for making fun of the form. Right. Who right. wants to go in it, go in every day and try and do it? Yeah. And I said, mm -hmm. I just it's not gonna be Shanling. I don't mm. think Shanling's gonna do it. Uh -huh. I think it doesn't make any sense to right. me. He's too cautious, he's too smart, he's not gonna now he's not gonna wanna go right. in every day and figure this out. And sure enough, that's what ended wow. up happening. Yeah. I think I told the story, but I was I was out for lunch or something. I had an office of Broadway video in New York. And I come back and I had all these messages when they used to be like paper messages right. that you would, Pink. you know. Yeah. And they were all people that had something to do with, it, it was just obvious. I was like, right. holy uh -oh. shit, he got it. Oh, wow. And how long, it was just a couple of weeks after? What was it? How well, I remember one of the last things I remember from the old life, the, um, Black and the white, the times. black and white portion of Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> before I opened the cabin door, what I remember really well is I had a birthday party. It was when I turned thirty, mm -hmm. and I had it at my apartment on Weatherly. Apartment on the second floor was a sort of a duplex, old nineteen twenties place. And all my friends at the Simpsons and my writer friends came over, and everyone brought gag gifts. <laughs> like someone brought me uh, Arsenio's like had written a book like his by you know oh. and, and people so they were, all knew that you were in this process that was no yeah, yeah, they, yeah. You know, everyone knew that I was in this process yeah. and everyone was talking about it but it was kind of funny like, yeah yeah oh yeah you know well here's your how-to book right. by Arsenio yeah, yeah, and everybody's and 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 um <laughs> Jeff was there and we yeah. had this nice birthday party which was yeah. April 18th 1993 and then it was a I it was yeah. like, see, see you. I'm going right. back to New York. Yeah, Jeff's going back to New York and I'm get on with my life. And it's in the back of my mind that something might happen, but I don't right. know what. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I want to say it's maybe, a, I, I, I could look up the exact date, but it may have been a week later. I'm in a record at the Simpsons. It was in the basement in the building on the Fox lot. And the way you do a record is there's a table read first. Right. So the whole cast is there and we go through the script and then it's done and everyone applauds. And then what happens is we quickly talk about what changes may need to be made before they start doing the record. And the writers are all gonna work that out, make these changes as they're recording to try and tighten it up just a little more. And I remember we had just finished and we're starting to talk about it when there's a phone call and uh, someone in the room said, Conan, the phone's for you. And I picked it up and I put the phone <laughs> to my ear and it's Gavin Pallone, who's still yeah. my manager. Uh, I've been with him forever. 
he said, you got 1230. <gasps> oh my and I don't know why, but I went, and I said this not in a celebratory way, right. I said it in a defeated way. He said, you got 1230, and I went, I know. Because oh. <laughs> I just had this- You had a premonition. I just yeah. knew for some fucking you reason. Know it wasn't over. Especially and so once what you I didn't did want it. Was then I, you're definitely I hung up the it. phone, yeah, I hung up the phone, yeah. and I start to re- quietly walk out of the room. I didn't say anything to anybody. Leave the room. I go. I, ru- I walk up the stairs. Uh-huh. I walk outside, and I was told by Gavin. I said, "I know." And then he said, uh, "Don Omer is calling you in like five minutes in your office." And I hung up, and I start walking, and then I start going into a slight. It's very cinematic, but I start right. walking fast. Then I start running, right. and I run to my <laughs> office. And then he's saying, "Okay, here's the plan. You got it, kid. I think it's all crazy, but you got it. Now here's the idea." <laughs> he said, "You're going on the Tonight Show tonight." Cause I'm sick of us getting scooped. What? They've scooped us the whole time. Then we're gonna show, we're gonna flip the script on the media. He had this very like combative yeah. sporty kind yeah, of, yeah. so he said, Jay's gonna just say, we got the new host for the for the late night show. Here he is and you're gonna walk out there yeah, and yeah, you're just gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he said, kick out in the balls, you know, oh. and really show him who's who. And I'm just the kid that just came out of a record. Yeah. And I'm like, um, oh, and he's like, shut up. <laughs> get in your car and get over to NBC right now before the press finds out. So the next thing I know, I'm driving over to, uh, and I'm in a total uh, panic. And then sure enough, Jay calls me out and I remembered Robert. And I think this is good. Robert was like, don't take any big swings. Right. You know, yeah. because the worst thing that and I could do Michelle in that- in the background's going, I was kidding. Yeah, yeah. She was like, <laughs> you, do, do? you have what a lot to do? lose. Oh, no. The Simpsons is a good gig. Yeah. So what Robert said. <laughs> I, I just basically went out there and went, yeah. You know, yeah, it's real, you know, and Jay was like, well, you know, good luck to you and whatever. And you played the, and it straight. I just played it straight. Like I, and I remembered uh, people were like, well, if that's the new host of Late Night. And I was like, you know, he didn't come out and kill. And I, I think Olmeyer really wanted me to go out there and say right. like, all right, everybody, now listen to this, you know, and you were, that's do, do the incredibly smart. Yeah. Well, Jeff, we're, so you, that I night, was not there. I was okay. back in New York. I was in New York. Did, yeah. did you, you tune had to in? start producing. I did. Did you I guys watched. talk? Before he went on, uh, I don't think we probably. No, I don't think so. Okay, all I'm right. not sure if we did it. We did. I don't know. All right. So then, what happened yeah. next with you two? We had to figure out how to make a show. So, no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, If you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. And Conan came back to New York. 
got a place. I had to, well, the crazy thing is I had to go, they wanted to introduce me to the press in the rainbow room. Yeah, yeah. That was the first big hurdle was, I had to immediately come east. It was not clear, because then NBC started to get into it with Fox, and Fox was like, excuse me, he's under contract. I I can't believe it. And we were like, well, this one in a billion year accident just happened, where one of your writers is gonna get to, and, it wasn't, again, I wanna be clear, it was not The Simpsons. The Simpsons right. were really right. great about it, but there was an executive at Fox who was saying, no, I don't. <gasps> so uh, NBC and I, I think had, I think I had I think taken, you had to pay money. I had to pay money and oh. NBC had to pay money to get me out of wow. my Simpsons contract. Wow. Uh, That's crazy because yeah, at the time they... these shows were making so much money right. and they were nickel and diming every little thing mm-hmm. you could yeah. think of. It was, That's how they made it. Was they the weren't extra for you. No, yeah. but um, it was, they, you had a line at the press conference. Yes. What was it? The press conference had very much the feel of, we, you know, we all met. It was going to be in the Rainbow Room, which is the top of Rockforce Center. And right. everyone from the press corps was going to be there. And I was going to go out and meet the press. Mm-hmm. And we all met at Lauren's apartment and the NBC people were there. And then we walked through yep. the park. Yep. It is now early May. And we're walking through the park. And I'm seeing Rock, Rock Force Center get closer and closer oh, and closer. Right. And I know that I have to go to the top of this tower and then meet the nastiest press yeah. uh, in the history also of media. Cinemat- this is cinematic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we're walking there. And then as we are getting to 30 Rock, I'm trying to keep it light and trying to stay loose, a reporter comes up to me and says, I forget if he said he was from the Post or Newsweek, but he said, hey, Conan, my job is, I was at Letterman's, Letterman had, pre- had a press conference for his new CBS show at okay. Radio City like the week before. Okay. And of course being, you know, he killed, destroyed. Right. He said, I was at Letterman's press conference last week and I know how many laughs he got and my job <gasps> is to count how many laughs you get <gasps> no. and see how you stack up. And he, and t- he told me that oh. as we were going through the, on the, on, on the north side. That should be illegal. Right, right in between Radio City and Rockford Center. We were going in right there and he was like, my job's to count how many laughs. You know, so it was literally like, good luck Spartacus in the oh ring. So wow. I go up there, Lauren talks briefly and then they, and there's a shot, I mean, Vanity Fair covered it at the time. And there's a great, um, <laughs> the iconic photographer. Annie Lewis took a yeah. shot of me, a reverse shot. I'm in the front and it's the entire press corps and explosion of photographs. Oh, wow. And I'm, I, as I said, I'm a week and a half uh, earlier. I was uh, in the room at the Simpsons. Right. And yeah. It's still not real. No, but I remember that the thing that saved my ass was I get up to the microphone. I know, now I remember. And Stuttering John from the Howard Stern show is there. Yep. And he's wearing uh-huh. a terrible, he's wearing a fake mustache <laughs> and fake glasses and uh, like uh, a wig. Uh, uh, and so he goes like, Conan, Conan. He said, who did you have to sleep with to get this job? And I just just said, uh, no one I wasn't sleeping with before. Next question. And everybody laughed. Uh, uh, and then I was like, hey, hey, that's stuttering John. John, take off the wig. Because <laughs> his job was to fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was loving it. And, and I was, anytime he'd say something, I'd be like, I would have fun with it. And then I was like, John, come on, take off the, and it ended up. Is it, wasn't there a, somebody said to you, something about being a relative unknown? No, no, you're a, yeah, he said, sir, aren't you a relative unknown? And I, no, I, he how said, is it? What Conan, do, how are you, you aren't, yeah, aren't you a relative unknown? I said, sir, I am a complete unknown. <laughs> and then people were <laughs> That's like, great. oh, That's he's, great. That's what I, I was thinking of. Yeah. Foolishly, the press conference went really well. And yeah. the take was, well, he's funny and it could work. That's, 
And all you wanted. He got three laughs. He got three <laughs> right, laughs. Right. Yeah. I'm dying to hear that <laughs> but, the count. I want to dig up that article. But, um, but you did a thing that you've done every time since, I think, where you have the, an event. is like yeah. if you can find one person mm-hmm. to play as a through line of. and to, to play off of. And, and you've always been great at I always try and find who's going to be my foil right. yeah. and then use them as the through line. And Stuttering John was there and he was my foil. And to make things even crazier, that event's over. And the first thing I hear is um, Bob Wright of We Love the Crank. Bob Wright's having a 50th birthday right. party in Connecticut. And they want you to go up and be the one of the oh one of the people God. who so doesn't stop. No, one of the people who speaks. And uh. it's in three days. And I said, <laughs> OK, oh so I come up with an idea for what I could do. And I worked on it with Robert. I get in a town car with Lorne because he's coming too. And we drive out to this nice part of Connecticut and we walk into this very fancy country club where there's a big party and I recognize all these famous people. You know, there's all all these people from the Today Show and all these Mm -hmm. people from all the different NBC shows are there to salute Bob Wright on his 50th. And my job is to get up and speak. And I get there and who's standing ramrod straight in the corner, but Johnny Carson. Oh, my God. And and I am the opener. (laughs) This guy can't catch a break. I am the opener for Johnny Carson. And my previous experience is I did some I did some pretty good improv at the Groundlings and um, thought of one good quip with uh, Mimi Mimi Rogers. Rogers. And so he's standing there and he's wearing sunglasses inside. Remember? And he just looked. It's Johnny Carson. It's the biggest thing and suddenly I'm being introduced to him and I said, well, I called him Mr. Carson and he went, please mm-hmm. uh, call me Johnny. And I went, oh, Johnny. And he was very, he seemed kind of quiet and reserved. Mm-hmm. So I didn't say that much to him. And then I got up and I think the idea that I went with was giving a toast about someone I clearly don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it was like, what can I tell you about, you know, Bob Wright? And yeah. it was, all the jokes were things like he's, I think, five nine. <laughs> 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 He is the, and it's clear I've just looked right. stuff just up looked on up. Wikipedia, yeah. uh, which actually didn't exist. Didn't exist. No. Um, had that experience. And then he like applauded and gave like a little like good for you kind of. Yeah. That was okay. It was fine. <laughs> and um, it was no it, crank. Yeah, it was no crank. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, follow that, Carson. Yeah, I, I should have totally, I should have totally been like, and now fucking Johnny Carson could have tried to see it. Uh, but then he got up and of course um, blew the lid off the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... That was how rapidly insane things that were happening. Oh. You know, it was like Rainbow Room, meet the New York press yeah. and be confronted by Stuttering John. Mm-hmm. Off to open for Johnny Carson. And it was just this cavalcade of craziness. I remember, and then it was go meet all the affiliates. I had to go like oh. around the United yeah. States and meet affiliates. That Fly seems around. at least like, I, no, that's no that fun. seems like a, a cool down period compared but to what you just described. The one point I would make that I'm still blown away by is that this process of bullshittery that had to happen of press and affiliates and birthday parties. And by the time that's over, it's late May, early June. And our start date was September 13th. Yeah. No band, Uh no writers. It's myself and Jeff, no bookers, no set. They've completely uh, taken out the Letterman set. And so there's just a 6A is just an empty concrete rectangle. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that never makes sense to me is how quickly, you know, today when I hear about someone doing a show, it's like, well, 
you'll see it in six months, you'll see it in a year, and I've got to figure the idea that <laughs> they found the person with the least experience yeah. in the history of the medium and said, you can really get started on June 1st. Right. right. I wasn't After exactly, I, yeah. was, I wasn't exactly experienced at doing a late night talk show. Mm -mm. I'd done a lot of, a lot of different types of right. shows. You did but, yeah. and kids in the hall, but yeah, that's but, a totally different yeah, pre-tape. There is nothing. Well, there were only two or three shows of that kind yes. of time. So, you know, I have no experience. So you were both learning. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Job. So was who crazy. did you turn to for uh, I didn't advice? really Lauren have, or, yeah, well, you know, he's probably pretty yeah, busy. No, a little bit of Lauren. You know, yeah. Lauren, there was a lot of, we had a lot of Saturday Night Live people helping us and, <laughs> and in different, different uh, variations of helping and not helping. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if they were trying to kill us or what, uh, but uh, it, that's a whole nother uh, that's it. episode. You realize this is nine podcasts. Yes. yes. Uh, we're, we're, and we sort of, we had, to, we, we had to, we had to sort of. I haven't even gotten I, to 1993. I knew a lot of those no. people because I'd worked with them before and I, we sort of managed July. our way through that and. Yeah. The process of getting a band was insane. Right. The process of getting a cell built was insane. There is a story, a uh, crazy story behind everything yeah. and um, Every moments, moments of true despair to the point of there were, I think, maybe seven different times just in that summer where I fantasized, uh, no joke, about getting hurt. I didn't want to die. Like, right. I didn't want to. Yeah. Right. But I remembered very clearly thinking if I was, if I was hit by a car... Mm -hmm. It was very clear to me that it, it that it can't be my fault. But if something were to happen to me and I'd be right. badly injured, I'd be off the hook. That might be ideal. Right. Yeah. And and that might be a good way. And so I would also want an induced coma. I would. Yes. I just would want to check. <laughs> you know, it, was, I, I, it was generous. It was Robert Morton, who at the time was producing the Letterman yeah. Show. He was oh. generous. Yeah. He, he was, was a friend of mine. He, he was, you were already friends. That's yeah, great. But he was yeah. generous about it. And was there an early moment you two remember being thrown into this where? There was like a like things you bonded over in particular. Just we've never bonded. No, <laughs> eight minutes we ago, want you to hug. eight minutes right. ago, I really started to think this Jeff Ross guy. There's something to him. My whole thing was just try to make it as easy as possible for for Conan. Right. Just try to keep him away from all the bullshit. And uh -huh. at that time, it was kind of impossible right. because there were a lot of opposing forces. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and people who were less than helpful sure. when they were made like they were being helpful. It was just a lot of craziness and like going passive on. Passive aggressive, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot, a lot of craziness. And yeah. and I, I think the uh, and this is where I really have to. I think I've I've tried to say this a lot in my career and on my last TBS show, and but it can't be said enough. The two big things that had to happen were initiated and made possible by Lorne. So first of all. There's this weird opening in the universe. I always make fun of Marvel movies because I hate a portal that opens in the sky. <laughs> right. I always think it's a portal right. opened and yeah, lazy, yeah. lazy writing came in exactly. from another, direction, <laughs> another dimension. And so, um, but this weird portal opened in the sky where there was a second where this big TV job was kind of in play. Mm -hmm. And Lorne, for whatever reason, and I still maintain he may have fucked up, said, <laughs> uh, Conan O'Brien, now, that's huge because Lorne was the only person in show business who had that power, one of the only people. And he's also clearly saw something yeah. and, mm -hmm. and said, I think he could do it. Probably regretted it almost immediately. And I've actually told this to <laughs> when I went back to SNL a couple of months uh -huh. ago, I said, uh -huh. I'm sure you regretted that immediately. And he was like, no, 
but I can tell like, um, but uh, in fairness to Lauren, he did that. And then the second thing he did was he said, Jeff Ross. Mm-hmm. And my dad over the years, who likes to ask a question more than once, the same question, um, would over the years go like, now how did Jeff get into the equation? And I would always mm-hmm. say, um, well, Lauren was the one right. who, who brought Jeff in. And right. he would go like, well, Jeff is very key. And I go, yes, Jeff's the key, you know. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, I'd count a year and a half. Right. He'd be like, now tell me, how did, how did Jeff, <laughs> is, is he, that's important because, because Jeff is very, he seems to compliment your energy. Yes, that's right, Dad. <laughs> We've talked about this several times. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. <laughs> is Lisa Kudrow still buying your clothes? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to Lisa Kudrow? <laughs> well, a year later, she did a say, I'm not done with my question. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but I, but uh, Lauren, by just moving his pinky, he says, right. well, it's mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien and right. it's Jeff Ross. Right. Yeah. And I do think the um, those are two massive key moves. And then the mm-hmm. third move that needed to happen at the beginning was Robert Smigel. Mm-hmm. And I pushed for that. And of course, I only knew Robert because of SNL, mm-hmm. where I'd worked with him for all these years. And I knew that, he had the sensibility, like we used to right. talk about this. We used to talk about comedy and I knew that Robert kind of had to be there and Lauren, you know, I think was reluctant to lose Robert from SNL right. yeah. and that was a whole story. But when you think about it, the three main players that needed to happen for everything yeah. else to happen yeah. really come through right Lauren at the top and yeah, SNL true. and they happen Fairly quickly, and then the rest is, I always think it's one of those movies, like you start with Robin Hood and he's walking through the forest and then, you know, he starts fighting with someone on a right. stream and it's, it's Friar Tuck, you're with me. And then right. you pick up people as you go. Right. I, I think of it as Jeff and I pretty much start the journey out together uh-huh. and Robert's there almost immediately. Then it's the three of us. And then it's this whole odyssey of, of, Merry Men. you know, literally, uh, Jeff Garland saying, hey, check out this guy, Andy Richter. Mm-hmm. And we do, and I have lunch with him yeah. and um, meet him at a, at a deli, as I've said many times. Mm-hmm. And he came in and I immediately, I mean, a lot of it's instinctual, but immediately right. I was like, this guy needs to be part of this adventure yeah, because he's fantastic. You were like Lauren all of a sudden. Yeah. You're just like, ah, this guy. The stuff that's fascinating to me is how do you, those initial elements are the fascinating part. And right. then everything else is, right a good story and you guys have done a great job of mining these incredible stories because we put together, because it happened so quickly and so strangely, we put together a group of people that didn't know anything about TV and um, <laughs> and really didn't have experience. And then we ended up, you know, we inherited our crew from uh, Letterman's old show. Them, right? And he did, Dave did a very different kind of show and suddenly we're telling 62 year old cameramen who've never had to move, we've got a funny idea where Conan races down 6th Avenue right. and you yeah. follow him. And they were like, right. how about you go fuck yourself? I'll be on a break. Yeah, and um, <laughs> once you hit September 13th, when we premiere uh, 93, the next two years is us- Year and a half. Two and a half. No, no, no year and a half too, I think. No, I think, I think it was over solid two, two years yeah. of, we're in terrible, terrible danger of being yeah. canceled in right. a second. We were Just canceled fear. at one point, but also justified fear because, yeah, there was 
we yeah. were. I mean, you've said it. It was week to week for it a while. Was and then it was just day to all you, day. All we did was I, I, this is the way I felt as I had like yeah. visors on. I was like one of those horses, right? You know what I mean. You still you are very. Blind, horse, the you're still very horse. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> we gave Jeff a, a sugar a cube feedback. after after every anecdote. Like, I, 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 I could use one now. This goes much longer. Um, <laughs> oh my um, god, <laughs> Jeff! Uh, we haven't even gotten but, but to you know, your side. But you know what I'm saying? This, we're going to go back and retell the whole story yeah. through. Yeah, but you voice. realize that this is you just have to put your head down and not pay attention to a lot of things and just yeah. go forward. I mean, I think it's just I still to this day cannot believe that somehow we got away with it. hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, one thing I wanted to say, I had this, one of the surreal moments just pop into my head, and one of them was. We move in and we take over these offices. They were offices that had been like an insurance company or something, <laughs> um, but that ended up being our late night offices for all those 16 years. And we move in and there's no, there's nobody yet. I mean, literally there's myself and Jeff. We had offices on the opposite, remember the, yeah. the opposite yeah, yeah, corners? Yeah, yeah. Jeff, And there Jeff, was nobody wow. else there. Jeff so took you're the, literally a hundred feet apart. We had two corners. Wow. At least, at least a hundred yeah, feet apart. Least. But Jeff, Jeff had the offices that looked <laughs> at the, at the sign for Radio City on the right, north side. Right. And I had the south side. I was down like where the writers are and Jeff mm -hmm. was upwards. You know, all the adults who right. make mm -hmm. the show really work are up on that side. And, and I was with the idiots. The and, um, but at the time there's no one's there yet. People are in the, yeah. in the press of hiring people. So you could look it up, but Dave winds up his last late night show, probably sometime in June, I'm guessing. And where am I? I'm on the ninth floor wow. in my office and I'm watching the feed. Yeah. And I'm watching wow. Dave record his last show. Just uh, three yeah. floors below you. Three floors below yep. me. And he's recording it wow. in the studio that I'm going to take over. Mm -hmm. But we haven't even gotten started <sighs> yet. Ugh. And I'm sitting there watching it. And so Dave does this amazing show, last show. And then Bruce Springsteen comes out and does Glory Days. Right. <laughs> and I'm in my office watching this. And then it ends. And Dave does his final words. And he says, I'm moving on. This has been a really... And he says, the last thing he says is, and uh, Conan O'Brien, I don't know much about the man, but I, I believe he shot somebody once, you know, <laughs> which it would always get a- Sure. And then uh, he said, uh, I hope someday he has me on his show. That'd be nice. Anyway, good night. Uh that ends. And I'm like, for the first time, as long as Dave was on the air, right. I felt this isn't real. Yeah. It's down once the road. he left, suddenly it's like, you're up, kid. Oh, wait. Right. Put on DiMaggio your... just left the batter's yeah. box. He just hit a home run. Yeah. You're up. Yeah, hope you're warm. Oh, here I am. <laughs> also, oh, we went- back feels heavy. <laughs> we went down there after the show. I was going to get to that, yeah. And what was surreal to me, first of all, they're all there. Who's they? Joe oh, just spelled names down there. They were all- no, down no, no, no. But it's like, it's it, Letterman's Dave. just done his last show, so there's right. a whole right. thing- yeah. Bruce is in the hall wearing right. like a flannel shirt right. and sure. having a, a you know a bottle of literally like a he had like a beer bottle because someone had put beer out. It's a problem. And um, yeah, it was just filled with uh, La Croix. It's, La Croix water his, in it. Part of his look. Give me my uh, La Croix that Come looks on. like beer. Um, so <laughs> Dave was in this little tiny dressing room and someone said, you should go in there. Suddenly I'm in a tiny, tiny room with David Letterman who's just done his last show. And he wishes me well. And I said, well, that was really amazing. And well, I I should go and start making the show that will replace your iconic show, I suppose. And I walk outside and Tom Hanks was a guest on the last mm. show. And Tom Hanks is there yeah. with his wife, Rita. And Tom looks at me and he knew, I knew him from being a writer on SNL. And he, right. you know, he, I, he used to call 
Robert, Bob Odenkirk, and I, the and, and Greg Daniels, the Boiler Room Boys. He'd be like, hey, fellas, we're the Boiler Room fellas. Get over here, fellas. Yeah. And so he was like, he looked at me and he he stared right through me and like put his hands on my shoulders and he said, what's just happened to you doesn't happen. Wow. It never happens. <laughs> and... I don't know exactly how to take that, but right. and, and I don't think he meant anything, but he was pretty much saying, this is kind of unprecedented yeah. in right. show business history. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> no, no, don't fuck no, this up. Yeah. I, I, I also remember being- <laughs> That I remember very clearly. I also wow. remember being in that hallway and immediately they were ripping the set out. Oh my God. Oh, and I'm, <gasps> I was just watching them rip oh, the set and, out. And, and, and shitting on the floor. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> and just going, and, and our, our set experience had a little to be desired, you know, with that first set. And, and, and we're going through all that. I'm watching the set being ripped out. I'm just like, oh my God. Wow. Oh, that's real. This is, we just got to figure it out. So it was empty by probably the next two days later. Yeah. Empty space. There's oh, a thing. I think that night. There's a thing you hear about a lot back before people, there were rules and laws and about childcare that if you wanted to teach a child to swim, right. you would just take the child and throw him into the right. deep yeah. end of the pool. Yeah. This was, this was like, I'm taking the child into a C-47 plane <laughs> and throwing them out into the Arctic yeah. waters. Right. Yes. And the worst thing about it all was like, I think if it had been done to me, my psychological response would have been, you know, if, if I was told by the government, your name's been selected randomly mm. and you have to replace Letterman and this is your <laughs> your job to save America, I would have had a very different attitude about it. But right. in my own fucked up Catholic way, I think I was very much, you asked for this, yes. asshole. Yes. Yeah. You, and so I- You got what you wanted. I had, yeah, you got what you wanted, fucker. <laughs> now let's see. You know, you put yourself in this position. You said yes, because someone just had to host a talk show. <laughs> And the voice in my head is far more punitive right. than anything anyone yes. can ever say to me. And so I just beat the shit out of myself yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I now think that the crazy thing about when I when I look at the audition or the times I've seen it since, I was more relaxed in the audition mm -hmm. than I was on television yeah. because yeah, that makes sense. psychologically, well, I'm being asked to try out. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll do my part. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not nothing too, to lose. Nothing yeah. to lose. And then the minute it's I took it very seriously yes. and um, it just took me a while for the volume. It was literally the volume and the amount of work we were doing and the volume of shows and it's getting Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours. Right. Yeah. The hard way in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. In front of it. In That's front of everybody. And so part of it you me. could probably see, watch a, some program could probably take one image, three images a show mm -hmm. from every show the right. first two years and speed them up. And you would literally see somebody, you know, uh, my skeletal structure would change oh, right. from yeah. the sheer, I wanted it to work. I was, in, I was not gonna not work. Right. I yeah. was remember thinking it was, uh, this is going to work because it has to work because being a, a joke trivia question is not an option. Right, yeah. But but to, that to me, just learning to do that on the job, because you, you mentioned like Tina Fey and, mm -hmm. you know, Seth. Like, yes, they were writer background, but yep. then they had all this performance right. yep. experience kind yep. of yeah. under the radar. At Second City. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost yep. everyone in television right. started, you know, Letterman was a weatherman. And mm -hmm. even right. that, 
Yeah, it's just true. that little practice. Just, just and you, be, be in front it, of a camera. Just, right. And to be you, fair, it's I, just used crazy. To, I used to go to uh, department stores a lot that were selling televisions. <laughs> and they used to have a video camera. And, and I would do the thing where I... <laughs> I well, swear to God, I I, 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 I had spent a lot of time. Impressed. Yeah, I had really <laughs> I take it back. Really gotten my chops, um, but it was uh, floor five. Yeah, it is a very improbable mm-hmm. story, and what's crazy to me is that's the beginning. Yeah, and we've told you one twentieth of the good stuff because there's so much insanity yes. that happened, and we're saving that for the book. <laughs> um, but. That's just the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And you could believe like, and then finally the ship righted itself and went off to have yeah. a, mm-hmm. a pleasant career. We haven't gotten to the Tonight Show. Like yeah. right. that is in every way as insane and unprecedented yeah. and crazy and counterintuitive as the beginning. Yes. And that happens 16 years later. Yes. Yeah, what I was going to say was, it, it, isn't that crazy? It was, what's fascinating is we told this part of the story and then you, I go, I was about to say, well, and then we went up those elevators in the coolest building to, that you could do television in in the world mm-hmm. for the next 16 Pretty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The volume of stuff and the, uh, the variety of things that we tried. <laughs> yeah. I can't even, I see it now and I have no connection to it. Yeah. So, I mean, we used to do a piece where we would do a whole like soap opera in front of the audience and with famous people. John Lithgow did it once. John Lithgow did it Martin and Sheen, Martin Sheen did it. And we would have people in the audience wear a green like sock. A green screen. Green screen <laughs> over their <laughs> head so that we could drop right. them in and put their heads on the bodies of actors, actors who were there so that the audience would have a lo- an audience member who just showed up. Yeah. And Paul is looking at me horrified. Yeah, no recollection. Yeah, Paula Davis Stay in your seat. This is one of the yeah, early it, hires. It, it was called uh, Paula Davis, one of the first people we hired to be our yeah, booker. And she's right. sitting here. And Paula, you don't even remember this. Yeah. You booked it. You booked. You booked. She didn't know you hosted. Yeah. She, I'm Conan, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, she's like, where's Corden? I'm like, okay, we'll get to that. But uh, his American accent is impressive. There are maybe 75 to 100 sketches or more right. that someone could tell me we did. <laughs> right. And I would say that don't do that. <laughs> How would that even work? Um, and stay in your seat theater, it was called. Yeah. So that it was putting out a newspaper every day and there was no, you could never not move the clock back. It, and then, yeah. and then in the middle day. of that, somebody says, let's do the show on the circle line. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get a circle line. Right. Well, I, a I circle line boat. That. Yeah. For right. the, the, they, the boats that go around yeah. Manhattan. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, I have to say, Robert gets a lot of credit for. Mm-hmm. Robert has large eyes. Like, you know, there's that old saying my grandmother used to say if you didn't finish your food, she'd say, well, your eyes were bigger than your stomach. Right. Yeah. And Robert has creatively huge eyes. Like, yes. I, let's rent a Zeppelin. Yes. Let's fill it with cheddar cheese. Let's get Paula to book. And he makes um, it happen. Yeah, and let's get he Paula. He wills it. He wills it through an insane, you know, and and things get crazy and right. hairy and there are fist fights and yeah. there's shouting. And maybe, uh, maybe people get killed during the sketch. Sure. Who knows? <laughs> but the whole thing was there was this, uh, when we were really taking heat early on. Right. In, through at 93 and people are, at the time, there were reviews that said things like it would be really nice if, you know, Conan 
died, you know, uh, and it'd be great if Andy died with him. <laughs> you know, just, just people were just very upset by it. And uh, um, that was actually in print, was, I think, right. once. But uh, Your hometown paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your father wrote <laughs> yeah, exactly, it. Exactly, I was going to say. Yeah. Written Sorry. by Dr. Thomas O'Brien. Um, <laughs> if he died, it, it wouldn't be his fault. You see, he never adequately I, explained Jeff Ross to me. Yeah. No, just now. And now he must be punished. Um, but uh, there was a time when um, I think... Even Lauren was saying, couldn't you just interview people? And couldn't it be oh, boy. like, mm. because, because our comedy was very aggressive right. and aggressively strange. And right. I think still looks that way. And they thought, well, this Conan guy, he cleans up nice and he's affable. Right. Why can't he just be affable and chat with people? <laughs> right, 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 and that right. way there's, the there's, the there's less sticky edges. <laughs> yeah. Instead, um, you know, Conan's yodeling and he's right. wearing a bikini right. and Andy's dressed as a monkey. Right. And um, there's a punk rock element to yeah. it, like, like it or go fuck yourself. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh but, but one of the great things about that, uh, when you wound up your show on TBS last year, were all these successful, like Seth Rogen and all these other big names who, you, would this wouldn't even occur to you at the Formative. time, you were just trying to do a show every night. Yeah. They all ate the feast of all this comedy you were yeah. making. Yeah, we're like, and finally someone's them. making comedy for me, I and think is I, how I, people felt. That must have been very satisfying. It was, but I have to say, my, no? I don't know how you felt, Jeff, but I mean, and, and so many people, yeah. I, I'm uh, a very, uh, I think the thing that gratifies me the most is that, you know, the haters and Mulaney's and all right. these, these people who are so crazy talented and good at what they do and brilliant and they say nice things about and and what our show meant to them back in the day and my immediate response is couldn't you have said anything yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> because nothing you was old enough to write yeah like at couldn't you have written why weren't you a nielsen Houser o'brien well in fairness to that it was it, there were a couple of situations where somebody's kids yes they were they were hearing like executives yeah. who i can't remember, I remember who it was who was it there was a guy who, um, and again, this is probably for another installment, but there was a guy who was sort of hired to kick us in the ass. Oh. And, you know, let's, let's, let's get oh. this thing moving again. I mean, we got to figure this out. And it was like an episode of a sitcom where wow. a character comes in, a yeah. drill sergeant moves in with the family. Oh. And boy, does he turn things upside down. <laughs> but I remembered him telling us, you got to pull this together. You got to da, 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 da. Then he went off to visit his, I believe it was his son who went to Boston College. So he went and saw, went to visit his son and he was hanging out in the dorm and he's like, so guys, you know, you know, tell me, what, do you, what is everybody watching these days? What are the kids yeah. loving? Yeah. And he said the dorm room was like, Conan. Wow. And wow. he was saying, no, 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 uh, seriously, no. seriously, <laughs> seriously. You know, do, do you guys like Jag? That's just on its way out. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys like Carolina in the yeah. City, right? And they were like, no, no, it's, 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 we watch Conan. It's so great and weird. And to his credit, yeah. he did uh, he repeat that. He yeah. told me. He didn't have to tell me, but he told me. Um, well, he's got to take credit for it. I mean, in the end, that's probably the kind of thing that saved us. Mm -hmm. yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, the first thing that saved us was nobody was paying attention. We could just do whatever we wanted. Right. Yeah. And then it became. After the initial yeah. rush. Of, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think what helped save us is that we were in New York. Yeah. And mm -hmm. had we been in Los Angeles Disaster. where they could come in, you know, if, if we had been in Los Angeles, they could have been there every day and they would have seen me putting on an octopus costume right. Right. and us putting a, a green felt sock over right. Martin right. Sheen's head. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and they would have said, stop. We just right. saw that on the feed. Right. Stop. Yeah. Have Dick Cavett on and interview him and be pleasant to right. you, motherfucker. And instead, and also I think there was a, we were a car accident. 
people stayed away from us for a while because uh, no one wanted they didn't. to own it. And we we yeah. have to give a shout out to someone who was a real stalwart, yeah. uh, Rick Ludwin, mm-hmm. who is no right. longer with us. Rick Ludwin uh, was the NBC executive in charge of Late Night. And he was horrified by a lot that we were doing early on. <laughs> yeah. But he was there and he was watching audiences laugh at us. He was the really? first executive to get it. Yes. Yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and had the only one with the balls to go into a room and go, it's good. Yeah. He said, yeah. he said, something, I don't get it. He said, I know. Me, but. he said, something's happening here. You yeah. know, there's something yeah. happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Um, you can edit that out, or sure. actually put music we'll, we'll to loop it. it. There's a man it as a with a gun over there. Associate that with the actual song. I've oh. got to beware. <laughs> it's time to stop. Don't make that show. Everybody says my favorite Stooges Mo. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is why I really. Topical. Sh- you know what? If I had said, well, if, if Weird I had, Al hadn't come along, <laughs> <laughs> if I had, if I had sung that ditty at my rehearsal, you wouldn't know me now. I'd be at the guy at IKEA. I who, know. There was a divine force helping you through it. Helping me not make stupid songs up. <laughs> but um, yeah, Rick Ludwin said there's something happening there. And he just doubled down and went to bat for us and uh, w- remained a good friend of us all through, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. everything. Yeah. And even yeah. through the Tonight Show craziness yep. was like, nope, disagreed with people audibly and, mm-hmm. uh, got, and, fi- got, and got, got fired. fired. Well, yeah, we, we have to uh, I, wrap this up. We do have to wrap this up. So oh, everyone can just look up the Tonight Show. Can we go show for another two hours? The serious deal. People can read about that online. Well, this was this um, be a new no. spinoff series. <laughs> this was could cathartic. Run twenty seasons. This is t- yeah. amazing. It's tough, and I know I run off at the mouth, but it's very. Um, I, no, it's. Uh, I, 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 I'm very. I don't talk about this stuff a lot, and so when it mm-hmm. comes up, yeah. in this forum, you realize it's like. PTSD. Right. You start talking and it's um it's hard to stop. No, no, it just it felt very visceral like you were there and you were remembering right. the lucite table and it was nice seeing all but those details. It's also easier to talk to you guys about it cuz right. you know what it is. Right. Yeah. But also you, the process of talking about it it's almost like to reaffirm that it really happened because yeah. it was so yeah. it's Well, so that's crazy. why I will say I'm I'm grateful to you guys for doing this podcast because as much as I uh, I have trouble listening to uh, to, <laughs> to, our to, to our podcast. <laughs> well, it's just the lack of chemistry. Uh, let's get a robot and a what bar else? of soap. <laughs> and um, <laughs> which, I'll have you know. No, no, uh, no. I hope I'm the soap. Oh, you are definitely <laughs> the soap. I love being a robot. But bleep, bleep. Uh, and where's my oil? Uh, <laughs> you know the joint. No, I have trouble. I have tr- I have trouble um, going back. I have trouble <laughs> yeah. going back there sometimes. Problem. You know what yeah. I mean. I have trouble going back yeah. and and. But um, the fact that you guys are talking to Robert and Bill Tull and you are yeah. you are. I mean, when I heard that you guys had done a deep dive on the old timey baseball yeah. remote and yeah. found Nell. Yes. Yeah, she hasn't forgotten. You. And and found her and and that is a magical moment in my life. Yeah. And. Yeah. This is very name droppy, but we just, Paul and I went and saw uh, Jack White do his show recently. And he was telling me afterwards, we both realized we're going to be in the Seattle area around the same time. And he said, oh, I'm I'm playing a baseball game then with a bunch of friends and I'm going to be in there because he's uh. on tour. And he said, you should stop by. You could play with us. And he said, and you could do it as an old timey oh. guy. <laughs> and then he's like quoting from it. Yeah. Oh, and I'm realizing great. he probably saw that when he was like eight, you yeah. know. Um, Why didn't he write a letter? Exactly. That's what got him into comedy. I'm really grateful that you guys are doing this because... You know, you can love us, you can hate us, but whatever happened during this crazy 28, 29 year span 
was authentic, kooky, and involved a lot of brilliant, weird, difficult, mm -hmm. lovable people, mm -hmm. you know, in this movable feast that just seems to, I mean, now it's continuing in audio form and, and I think will morph into other things. But I just love that you guys are, are getting these stories down because none of us should have ever been allowed <laughs> to be in Rockford Center or Warner Brothers or any of these places. It's insane. And I love that you're getting, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting fun. this sort of oral yeah. history yeah. of a terrible mistake. Right, right, right. Well, people love talking about it too. I mean, it's easy to get, and same, once the juices start flowing, everyone's, it's fond memories and yeah. you've meant a lot to so many people. Yeah, there's a lot of stories adjacent to your story. Yeah. You might not want to know about. Yeah, I don't want to know. Speaking of Bill Tull, I don't props, want to know right, what prison right. Bill was That's in. That's who comes to mind. Bill was Bill Just was being Bill. Bill Tull was being led to the execution chamber when he heard on the radio. They made me build yeah. the uh, chamber. Yeah. Final appeal. Uh, he, 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 heard, he heard on the radio that Conan was the new host of Late Night, and he was like, "That sounds good." And he wriggled free and got out a window. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you stop, both. Stop by anytime. Anytime. Yes. Thank you very much. This is great, guys. Thank you. That was mostly Conan and some Jeff Ross. Yeah. And a little bit of us. Oh, yeah. 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 We're sprinkled. We were there. The, the, it's such an amazing story. It is. I know. I really don't get tired of it. <laughs> I mean that. No. <laughs> and there's new details always emerging as well. You know, it's amazing to me hearing all of that. I, I think I've heard some of those stories separately, like little mm -hmm. little parts of it. And to hear it compressed like that, where he just went from one test to the next test to the next. It's... Yeah. Oh, so stressful. Oh, my. It's... Just imagining. It's just unbelievable. It's like a nightmare. <laughs> to, and it, it, there was no let up. It was just like... Mm -hmm. It was literally like going down a water slide that just never stopped. And it's just like... With knives. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. And no water. <laughs> it is an amazing uh, showbiz story. So I'm... It I'm, is. I, I, know. I can't a, wait for the made-for-TV movie about it. Ah-ha. Uh -huh. ha uh -huh. On Hallmark. Sure. You know what? This really... This season has been so fun for me. I've loved hearing and talking to all the people that have been a part of the show. It, it was great touch so many people in so many different ways and just everyone mm -hmm. has such fond memories. There's so many people. It, there just isn't enough time to, there's so many more people we could, I know that I'd love to talk to and catch up with, but uh, the people we had on were fantastic. The writers and then so many, right. Oh my God. The Brian rich story about when he applied for his own job and got it as an, under an alias. Right. Cause he was leaving the show. He reapplied to replace yeah. himself and got the job. Oh, I know. And then, and then, the, and then hired someone to play him as the quote, new writer is just a, that is, I'm so glad that story got to be told. It's an epic story. Yeah. And then, and then all these other parts of it came out and, mm -hmm. and then we dug up Nell, who is also uh, kind Nell, of I know. famous in the Conan lore from his from the old timey time. baseball remote. Right. She's still doing her thing. She's still nelling out. Yeah. She really is an enigma. Like I, I don't. Yeah. She was exact, seemed exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked to a former head of state, the former president oh, that's of Finland. Right. That's right. Agreed to speak to us. We didn't trick her into it. <laughs> <laughs> she was on our 100th episode, along with Robert Smigel, who we discussed that's earlier. That's right. I think people really loved our, when we talked to Bill Tull and John Rao, the prop masters. Yes. Oh, 
There's so many animal corpse stories. I know. and <laughs> But they also just talked about straight up about the bedlam of getting the show together from their point of view every day back in 30 Rock. And I just love that, you know, you think of 30 Rock as a staid building and they, they were just oh yeah running just some mayhem. crazy schemes out of that prop room. They were cutting wires and yeah. moving pipes around, dissolving animals in acid. Right. Just <laughs> <laughs> All under extreme deadlines. Yes. And for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know what show I'm watching? And I think it's because of, uh, we got to interview her. I'm watching I Love That For You. And I, I think that show's really funny. Oh, Vanessa Bayer's show? Vanessa Bayer, who we interviewed. You yes, know, who was a former Conan intern. Uh, yeah, right. and she'd been a guest on the show, et cetera, et cetera. And, and she, I remember the time she was talking about the show she was working on. And I was like, yeah, sure, everyone's working on a show. And it's... It's on Showtime. It's it's really I re, a really well done show. Oh, that's great! I Very love funny her. If you haven't watched it, there's such a lot of talent that came through the Conan halls. Yeah, from intern to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. employee to guest. Yeah, it's been a really fun season. Yeah, it's been fun. I've I've loved seeing you every I week know, and getting my the favorite chat. Part. It's my Has favorite been talking part. Talking to you. It's been my favorite part too. I'm I'm not even. Sadly, the season is over. Uh huh. It's been so much fun. It's been a blast. And uh, I, you know, we'll keep in touch. We'll keep yakking. Yeah. We'll keep you posted on anything that's coming up. And Mm -hmm. see where Conan heads next, you know, in addition to the podcast, what else he's got up his sleeve. Yeah, that's right. I'm ready to uh, dig into his trash. Maybe get some (laughs) clues. And if you like the show, you can support us by rating Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast on iTunes. And leave us a review. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Yes. In advance. Exactly. Well, it's been a really fun season. And, you know, we couldn't have done it without our listeners. Because why, Sweeney? We love you. It's true. Thanks for letting me say it this time. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Sean Doherty. Our production coordinator is Lisa Byrne. Executive produced by Joanna Solotaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. Engineered and mixed by Will Beckton. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. It's the Conan Show. Put on your hat. It's the Conan Show. Try on some spats. You're gonna have a laugh. Give birth to a calf. It's Conan. This has been a Team Coco production. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.